Jamie D and Big Newt. We're coming at you right now. Here we are, week two, Buffalo Bills 2-0 after a 31-28 win against the Miami Dolphins. How are you feeling, big man? Man, I'm ecstatic, man. Um, before we get into it, though, I want to say uh, we've got thoughts of everybody in your hometown of Rochester, New York. Um, heard about the shooting going on, so thoughts and prayers go out to all the people and the families that's been affected by that. Yeah, I've got a lot of family and friends up there, and we just want everybody to be safe. But let's get back to football now. And there's there's a lot that we need to talk about. But to me, this entire week comes down to one question. After Josh Allen's performance of over 400 yards, 66% of completions, four touchdowns, no interceptions, has Josh Allen arrived, or is this what should happen against weak opponents? Hey, man, I'm going to say I, it's a lot to unpack with that question. I mean, I've talked to a lot of my friends about it, going back and forth. With some of my friends, I'm like, this don't mean nothing, whatever. And then in some of my friends, I'm like, okay, man, this dude's the leading passer in the NFL after week two. So I feel like I'm in the middle. So I think that's where truth usually lies. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not going to go into details about what I think he should have did or it's Miami. He should have done that. I'ma just say I'm happy that we won. It's a check in the box, okay, um, of him and his career, and it feels good to see everybody gushing over him. You see what I'm saying? So it's more about. It's more about the respect that we get and the notoriety we get than him actually. I feel relieved that we won the game because when we went down 20 to 17, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of scared. And I know we're going to get off into that, but I'm happy because I, I feel like if we would have lost that game, it would have been almost devastating. So I'm overjoyed today that we're celebrating a win. We're 2-0 and and we have the leading passer in the NFL. Right, and I'm sure people have seen the statistic at this point, but there are only three other quarterbacks that have ever thrown for over 700 yards and thrown six TDs and no interceptions in the first two weeks of the season. They are Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Patrick Mahomes. That's good company, man. Yep, it is. You can't take that away from them no matter what you think, man. And it's and it's funny because you listen to the overtime show and the post-game stuff, and even Sal wrote about it in his up-down, and he said that, hey, if you don't think that uh, Josh Allen is a franchise player, you should know now. And so I don't totally agree with that, but I will say that, yes, we checked the box off. We, threw, we, we scored 30 points. We put the ball in the air, and he tore up. And I and I promised my kids I wouldn't cuss on a podcast, so I'm gonna try not to cuss. But I gotta say, he tore their ass up, <laughs> and so that's what we wanted. And I can't I can't move the finish line now. Now that he did it, that's what he wanted. So is it kind of he did what he was supposed to do? Yeah, but a lot of people, everybody don't tear up Miami. You know what I'm saying? So I think back to last year uh, with Lamar Jackson. That's like, to me, when he told him up, that was like his, you know, coming, like his Heisman moment. 
that's when people mm-hmm. start talking about him for MVP. And so people are talking about Josh Allen for MVP. But once again, I know it's a long season, but sure. to be spoken in those words, I, I enjoy it, man. So I got to give him all props in the world for, for his performance. You know, I, I'm proud of you because when we had our text messages earlier today talking about this upcoming podcast, you seemed like you were just happy about you know getting a win and didn't want to look into it too much. So I'm glad that you have some thoughts on it because I got to be honest with you, I was I was going to threaten to tell all the listeners about the time that that uh, we shared a hotel room together and I saw you naked and I was going to tell everybody about that. well please please put in uh context why we were in a hotel together i mean we were up there for uh browns game it was bills versus browns i guess i would say it was probably 2012 yeah, I think it was around then, and maybe. and the Bills backers of DC, we uh, we bust up there. There were seventy eight of us that made the trip, so naturally we needed to share hotel rooms. And me and you, we shared a room. So, you know, I'm going to tell this story anyway. So the big man gets into the shower, and this is the morning of the game. Big man gets into the shower, and it's the setup where we've got a separate shower and toilet room. I guess we'll call it a water closet, right? And then there were two sinks out in the main room. It was not a bad setup, but somebody forgot to bring the soap with them. So I hear the water running. Then I hear the door open back up and I turn over and look and there is 400 pounds of big sexy standing right in front of me. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I've never been a shy person. I mean, I, once again, I guess that's just the athletic. I mean, you shower with guys and all that. And I was like, you know, I, I felt like I kind of knew you well enough. Like, oh, well, like, I mean, you know, hey, I'm just going to the shower. So, I mean, I guess that's being a former a- athlete. I've never been kind of shy, I guess. So, well, don't I have the world to thank for that experience. <laughs> you know me. God, for your I'm lack of me. shyness, man. <laughs> hey, <laughs> but you know what, though? You probably also saved my life that trip because you told me the next morning, you was like, Big Chris, man, I got to tell you something, man. I thought you died like a hundred times last night. Yes. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, because when you breathe, you go... <sighs> Oh, you, you would stop breathing for minutes at a time. It was, it scared me to death. I barely slept. Well, A, because you snore so loudly, but B, I was like, I kept having to run over to take your pulse and shit. (laughs) Hey, and then when we got back, remember I went, I uh, went to Georgetown medical and did the sleep study. And after like 10 minutes, they was like, yeah, dude, you have sleep apnea, dude. You died like four times in like the last 15 minutes. <laughs> so they, they gave me the sleep app machine. And that was the best sleep I got in my life. I told the nurse, I was like, man, I'll give you $20. Cause it, it, the sleep study ended at 6 a.m. And so I was like, man, just, I'll give you $20. Just let me stay to eight. Cause that was the best. <laughs> sleep I and so, yeah, you probably saved my life that trip, man. That's awful. So the best part about it is that when you went to do the sleep study, I didn't know you were having it done, but I get this picture of you with this 
big grin on your face and all this stuff, like this mask and these electrodes and all this stuff. And I can tell you've got this like Cheshire cat smile on your face. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> it's all encompassing. I tell you, man, they put those uh, little electro things all over your body, man, all in your neck, your head, everything. So they read every part of your body, man. And and it didn't take long for them to diagnose me, so it was fairly easy. <laughs> <laughs> so we learned a lot that weekend, man. So, yeah. Hey, yeah, we sure did. We, all, we That was the weekend I learned just how well Bills fans travel because, my God, they took over the stadium in Cleveland to the point that the the Cleveland players were complaining about it after the game to the media. Yep. Oh, that was a great time, man. Oh, my God. That was so fun. Okay, so we've got to get back to the performance yes. of Josh Allen because that's actually what we're talking about, not your big naked body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what were the things that you saw in the game against Miami that you really liked? We talked about this in our preseason previews, and I think it solidified it against Miami. We weren't supposed to pass the ball like we should, like we did in that game. And I feel like it solidified us. And I said, I feel like one, two, three receivers, I feel like we have the top five group of receivers in the NFL. And I looked at some stats today preparing for the podcast. Our top three receivers are, through all three of them are in the top 30 in receiving the first two games. The only, only team that has three receivers above ours that's also on that list, excuse me, is the Atlanta Falcons. All right. And they've been lighting it up. And they've been lighting it up. So when you watch the game, man, guys are running around open and Josh Allen was just hitting them. And my thing is, yeah, Miami, I didn't think much of them. I pretty much knew we were going to win, but I didn't think we'd be able to pass the ball like that. So not yeah. only does Josh Allen, the passing game, get a check for me, but now, because why I always told you, it's what's next. Like, so what? What does that mean? So now I'm feeling good going into this weekend's game versus the L.A. Rams. You know what I'm saying? Now that we got that 400, we had a 300-yard game, career high. Now he comes back with a 400-yard game. And once again, you played two bad teams, but we whooped them like they were bad. So that's what makes me feel good, that he'll be able to carry that over to some good teams now. That's the next Speaking point. of carrying over, what were the things that you saw Josh Allen do that you want to continue throughout this season? Hit the open guys, have poise in the pocket. The pass blocking was wonderful. I think we only gave up one sack. Yes. One sack, four pressures. And yeah, and he and once again, he admitted, and I'm not nitpicking, but he even said it. It's throws that he wished he had back. So if he missed somebody open. Then he comes, he don't let that carry over to the next play. And that was very positive. That's what I mm-hmm. like. Because there's some throws. I mean, once again, I don't want to talk about the bad stuff, but it's some throws that he missed. That's okay. Because he rebounded. You see what I'm saying? So that's what I like most about him. The kid got moxie, man. And he he says the right things. I mean, I like those things. And he showed it. You know what I'm saying? So I enjoyed that. You are 100% correct. To me, he's showing confidence he has never shown before. And it seems to be infectious uh, amongst the team because, you know, the receivers are running around feeling good. Uh, They know that they're going to get the ball when they get open. And 
Big Newt, the touch passes. Yeah. The way he he just dropped the ball in on so many of those passes was a sight to behold. And the thing that I liked the most is that he was anticipating throws, including on a big third down conversion to Cole Beasley, where you could tell Josh Allen was working with windows. Yep. Cole Beasley was on the right-hand side of the middle linebacker. Josh Allen threw to the left side of the linebacker in anticipation of Beasley moving into that zone. And at that moment, I said, yes, Josh Allen is a legitimate professional quarterback now. I had always doubted it previously, but now I'm not saying he's going to be the, the top passer in the league like his stats show right now, but now he is a guy who I believe in and I never really did before. Also, he slid. Yeah. When he ran the football, yep. He ran the football and he slid. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the one with Diggs, the pass with Diggs in the fourth quarter when we were driving for the go-ahead, I mean, I believe it was a cover two and he hit Diggs right in the sweet spot of the cover two, man, right between the corner to save safety coming over the top. And that was a big play and we needed it in that. I mean, and another thing, and I, I'll be remiss if I'll talk – he, the kid's clutch, man. He got another fourth quarter comeback, man. And, uh, I mean, once again, I know it's a bad team. Don't get too happy. But, man, it's still an NFL team, man. And he, he comes back in the fourth quarters, man. So, although I was scared because I felt like we shouldn't be in this point, the defense did not play well. And I'm sure we're going to get no. to it. But we were, missing two, we were missing two of our best players on defense. Well, let's talk about that right now. Well, let's talk about it then. Yeah, the defense should not have given up 28 points. But without your middle linebackers, I mean, we knew that. I mean, I guess once I heard that uh, Milano and Edmonds weren't going to play, I knew we were going to get up a ton of yards. And Fitzpatrick made us pay, especially over the middle. Okay, and that's where Edmonds and Milano would have been roaming. So would he have got all those yards if they were in the game? I doubt it. And I will also say, and, I, and once again, I don't know any inside things of the medical team, whatever, but I'm sure we sat them out getting ready for the Rams. I mean, I don't know how serious their injuries are, but I would like to think that we sat them out knowing that we could get past the Dolphins and get them healthy for the Rams. Boy, that could have, if that was the plan, that could have backfired because Mike Gesicki, the tight end for Miami, eight receptions for 130 yards. He seemed unstoppable yesterday. And let's talk about Fitz. Unfortunately, we had Fitz magic when we all wanted Fitz tragic. Yep. 328 yards, 66% of his throws were completed. And you know what? At times, he looked legitimately unstoppable out there. He was hitting everything in the middle of the field, and that is exactly like you said, where the where the linebackers would have been playing and matching up with guys like Gasicki. Although I got to tell you, he didn't look like he could be stopped yesterday. And Fitz is going to do that, man. We know him all too well. He's been in our conference and been with us long enough to where we know that he's capable of that. You know what I'm saying? And once again, he got hot. Our two middle linebackers were there, so that was the reason why we gave up the 28 points. And I heard a lot of people bashing the defense, a lot of people bashing Levi Wallace because they were targeting him. But you got to realize, Josh Norman was supposed to be the other starter. So Levi Wallace, I mean, he had a bad game for sure. He got abused. 
But that all, you know, added up to what we saw yesterday. And we came out with a win. And hopefully Edmonds and Milano are healthy for this week. That's what I care about. I, I'm going to agree with you on that because the Rams have a far more potent offense. And I'm really concerned that if Edmonds and Milano are out for that game, I, I'm not sure Buffalo I'm not sure Buffalo can run with them. I agree. I totally agree. We we need to be all hands on deck as best we could for that game. Yeah. So going back to the offense, how valuable is Stefan Diggs? Eight receptions for 153 yards. How do you feel about giving up four draft picks for him? I'll give up two more. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, you could just he gets open. And that's and once again, going across the middle, just the and then the tiptoe, Josh Allen threw a great pass and he tiptoed and got his feet in and ran into the uh the bench on the other side. Like everybody can't make those plays, man. And what Diggs brings to us is more than just the eight catches, 153 yards. It's also now John Brown's our second receiver. So now it's going to be soft coverage for him. So now he could get off. And he, he draws more attention for the running game. So now you can't just stack it off. And our running backs had five yards of carry. So we ran, the, we ran the ball effectively. Like he affects so many things having a true number one receiver. He's the reason why Josh Allen looks the reason way he looks. I mean, that's part of the reason. I mean, I don't want to shortchange Josh Allen, but man, Diggs looks like, I mean, you could argue right now. I mean, we got a long season to go, but you could argue right now. He's going to be in the MVP or offensive player of the year uh, conversation. If he keeps on what he's doing, if he keeps on at this pace, which we know won't happen, but if he does, I mean, he'll catch for almost 2,000 yards. He brings an attitude to this team that they didn't have previously. That guy is chirping after every single play, yeah. and it doesn't matter if he makes the catch or not. He's got something to say to the defenders, and you know, you need a little bit of that on your team. I, I'm not into a lot of that, but you need a dose of it. You need, uh, you, you need somebody who brings swagger and yeah. attitude, and he's got that, and, and I love seeing it. Now, Here's the other thing. I was concerned about him coming from Minnesota because it seemed to me like he wasn't a very good teammate. It seemed like he didn't like Kurt Cousins and, uh, you know, kind of was making noise about wanting to get out of there. Well, I, I don't know if you saw the story, but John Brown apparently at some point grabbed a headset and said, keep feeding number 14. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that sentiment. But then apparently later in the game, after Stefan Diggs had gotten a number of throws coming his direction, he went to Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator, and said, hey, let's let's get smoke and bees going. Smoke being John Brown's nickname. And I was thinking to myself, wait a minute. This guy who I was worried about being a bad teammate and a prima donna is telling the offensive coordinator to make sure he throws to the other guys? That That's a good sign. Oh, yeah, that's great. And then on top of that, to add to that, look how the Vikings are looking now without him. Yeah. You know, are you telling me Kirk Cousins don't wish he had <laughs> He wouldn't wish he had uh, my man Diggs still? They've got the, the last rated passing offense in the NFL right now. Yeah. And some of that is the people they play too. But, man, when you give away a weapon like that, like watching Houston now, like, man, you got D-Hop in Arizona. Look how he's transformed Arizona. Arizona 
I'm worried about Arizona now. That was one of my games that like a pick them. Now, man, they look they look formidable now. So, I mean, when you got a true number one receiver, man, it affects all aspects of your game, man. And sometimes you don't even see it in the stats. But man, I'll tell you, man, I love having them. And I and once again, hats off to uh my man Josh Allen for getting him the ball early and often, man. A hundred over 150 yards receiving. I'll take that every day, twice on Sundays. Absolutely. And let's credit the front office for making a bold move for bringing him in. Now, it's early in the season, and obviously things can change, but it just seems like the Stefan Diggs-Josh Allen chemistry is where you want it to be, especially when you had a short preseason and no preseason games. I mean, those exhibitions oftentimes are where the chemistry is forged, and they look like they're on the same page, and I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. Also, other individual efforts that I want to point out, mm-hmm. two sacks for Addison. Yep. Better than I expected from Mario. He's got three sacks in two games. I mean, he's balling out. How did you feel about the defensive line play? Is there anything that stood out to you? I like Yeah, and like I'm piggyback off what you said, man. Addison, man. He's worth, he's earning his contract, and I love the way the front office. We lost two good guys, and we replaced them with more, man. So it's like we're just keep going. Once again, we got a long way to go, but I definitely like what I see about the, uh, out of the D line. So, and then the young rookie got to dress out also, so that made me feel good too. He was activated this week. Yes, so. the only time I noticed him was in a goal line situation when he got pancaked. I didn't really see anything else of him. <laughs> Well, at least he out there, man. Let him go out, get out there and learn the hard way, man. Like, that's how I learned. That's what I was telling my daughter this week, man. That's how I learned to swim, man. My older brother just threw me in the deep end. You either learn to swim or you drown. So I decided I want to live. I, I, I don't think I approve of that method. <laughs> <laughs> Take a swim, man. Put him out there and let him get whooped, man. That's the only way you're going to know and get better. Speaking of people getting whooped, I don't know if that was the case because I haven't been able to review any of the film, but Cody Ford was on the field for about 66% of the snaps, but a third of the other snaps at right guard went to Brian Winters. What should we make of that? Well, uh, Coach McGurney talked about it in the post game. We did a lot of substitutions along the offensive line, and I think it's because we were expecting – uh, warm weather, so we wanted to keep the big guys fresh. So I'm glad. I think that was a good game plan. Um, once again, it didn't bother us in the passing game, northern running game, five yards a clip on the ground. Uh, Josh Allen stayed clean in the pocket. He had all day to throw on most of those passes. Yeah. So I don't mind it at all. I think that was a great uh, game plan not to gas out your big fellas. I, I agree with you on that. When it's 90 degrees at kickoff and there was a storm coming in, you know it's going to be super humid. So that's a difficult situation, especially for the big guys in the trenches. Now, it was a strange game. Between CBS having a a power outage at the stadium and and an electrical storm delay, that is not... Those are two things that do not happen every day. And here it was twice in the same game. Right, right. And I didn't know what was going on at first. And and when this climate... And what's going on in the world right now? I'm like, oh my god! Like I thought the worst. Like I was like, oh my god, what happened? Did something? Oh like, no! You know, like something really happened because they was like, they just cut it. it was like, uh, where's the difficulty? We're gonna switch you to the Pittsburgh game. 
And so then I ran out to my car because I had XM radio. And I was like, well, maybe I could pick the game up on radio because they didn't say what was wrong. And I figured, okay, after a right. while, once we got the Steelers game, I'm like, maybe it ain't nothing real bad. And then this wound up being a power outage. But I'll try to listen because I saw the game was still kind of going on. So I was like, okay, maybe it ain't nothing like, you know, a shooting or anything like that. So uh, I ran to the car. But then at halftime, you come out of halftime, run four or five plays, and then, you know, you got another, you got the lightning. And you know with lightning, when you hear thunder, you got to wait 30 minutes after the last strike. So I'm like, that's another thing we had to battle. Not only going on the road, not only the heat and humidity, but then you had two interruptions of play, which messes up the the flow. And the third quarter, that's the reason why I say that that's one of the reasons why we didn't perform well in the third quarter. Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. It seems like the Bills really lost their their steam at that moment. And by the way, side note, the place where I was watching the game, we had uh, 200 people gathered for outdoor seating that was socially distanced. And during that that break, during the electrical storm, the place ran out of Labatt's. Oh, my God. Which is a tough thing to come by here in Washington, D.C. The horror. i saw the pictures though it looked awesome there man it looked great man yes it it, it was a lot of fun Uh, so let me throw a few stats at you here the bills are third in the nfl in yards per game with 464 is their average they are number one in passing yards per game and number three in rush defense thoughts I think all those stats are wonderful, man, and it feels good to be at the top. Once again, the naysayers will say we we were supposed to do that because we played two of the weaker teams in the league, and that is very true. Once again, for me, it's the fact that we could get it done, man. And uh, hopefully it's one of those situations where we just keep getting better and better as the year goes on. Uh, We have been blessed with an easier schedule than most. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, once again, my my bedrock and philosophy is breaking up in quarters. So the first two are checks. We got two rough ones coming up soon. So we'll see. I'll, I'll hold my judgment on all that until after the Rams and then the Raiders game. Well, briefly, let's talk about the next four because that's how you typically like to break it down is the season into quarters. But let, let's talk about the next four games. The Rams are coming to Buffalo, then going to Vegas to play the Raiders, then going to Tennessee and then on a short week, playing a Thursday night game against Cincinnati, I'm sorry, against Kansas City. Yep. They could possibly lose all four of those. Yeah. And if they do lose all four, then this 2 uh, and all record means little to nothing. I mean, I'm going to stick with my predictions. We got to figure out a way to beat either the Raiders on the road in that shiny, new, beautiful stadium I'm looking at. Or we have to win at home, where I believe we're we're the early favorites for that. I think we're a three point favorites against the Rams. So I, I we got to figure out a way to win one of those. We can't. I don't think we can lose both. But you think that the Bills can go one and three and still be a contender? Yes, yes. I I agree with you on that. This. Oh, the schedule is brutal. And fortunately, everybody in the division is playing virtually the same schedule when it comes to playing against uh, when it comes to playing against the AFC West and the NFC West. And you're right. The Cardinals, Kyler Murray, he looks fabulous so far this year. Right. 
And 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 like I said, I mean, you want to beat either the Rams or Raiders, then it'll be three and one in the first four. All right, Tennessee looks good. Kansas City is what they are. They even though they struggled against the rookie yesterday, that makes me feel good. Okay, I don't know if you saw Justin Herbert, but Tyrod Taylor was a late scratch. And Herbert came in his first start and almost knocked off the Super Bowl champs with no prep. So that makes me feel good. Like, okay, maybe Kansas City can, the big bad giant can be defeated, you know? They should have won that game. Herbert looked good. Man, he looked good. And that's with no practice. Man, we talk about practice. Practice. Shout out to Isla <laughs> Iverson, Georgetown. Yeah, and then we got the Jets and then the Patriots, man. And Jared, your old buddy Jared from the D.C. Bills backers, texted me last night and was like, New England looks just like they did with Brady. Yeah, they do. And that's what I was scared about. And that's what I was scared. They look they look formidable this year. And, you know, it, it looks like it's going to come down to the wire. And the worst part about it, Anybody could have signed Cam Newton, and he's looking good for the Patriots. And that's the thing. Like, once again, I, I love Brandon Bean, man. And I keep saying maybe it was possible. Maybe one day I'll get to meet Brandon Bean and ask him, could you have thrown $5 million at Cam Newton just to come to Buffalo? Could you have lied to him and tell him, yeah, you're going to be the starter just to keep him away from New England? Because this <laughs> is my worst nightmare. If we, I feel like, once again, I'm going to say this every week, if we don't win a division this year, that'll be a step back to me, to, in my opinion. You have to win a division this year. Tom Brady, you told me all these years, Tom Brady, once he leaves, we're going to be up. Well, if they win with Cam Newton, I mean, who's to say that Cam Newton can't run this conference for the next 10 years? Well, So you got to figure out a way, man. I mean – He's he's had an injury history and he's in his 30s, you know, so it doesn't look likely that he's going to be, you know, playing for the next 10 years. And he may not even be playing for the Pats next year because he's only on a one year contract. Although if he's really good this year, I can't see them letting him go. Exactly. (laughs) Why would you? If it keep going the way it's going now. I don't want to just think. I just don't want to imagine that this dude was unemployed and he's just gonna come in and win the AFC East. And, then, and my friend said, "Well, that's Cam Newton. You just, you know, you downgrade Cam Newton." I was like, "Man, that's fine. He is who he is." But the fact still remains: three months ago, he was unemployed. Right. For whatever reason, he was unemployed. You got him off the street. And you gonna come in and win a division? That's that. I I just don't want to think about that. So, and once again, who's to say we won't beat them? I don't know that. I'm just saying, projecting the schedule, just looking at the schedule. Some of these teams who I didn't think were gonna be as good, they're proving to be good. I mean, I knew the Jets weren't gonna be good. I know the Miami gonna be good, but some of these people are surprising me in the early uh, settings. Well, yeah, you never can tell before the season begins. And, you know, fortunately, the the Bills and Patriots are playing a very similar schedule. And the Patriots actually have a more difficult schedule than the Bills do this year, which certainly makes me happy. So, you know, the Patriots lost to Seattle. That's something that you absolutely need to happen because I, I don't necessarily see the Bills beating the Seahawks. But this means that the Bills have got to beat the Patriots head-to-head. If the yep. Bills go 2-0 against the Patriots, 
the division is theirs. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. And let's let's be honest. Starting two and zero in the division, that's that's a good start. That's a wonderful start. That's a wonderful start. You're right because division games are important, and sometimes you throw the records out when you talk about division games because you all know each other so well. So I totally agree with that. Yeah. It's difficult to beat a divisional opponent twice in a season. Yep. Anyway, anything else on your mind? Yeah, man. Um, I got to shout out my homegirl, man. Um, I went, I went, I drove 30 minutes out my way to a Wagman's here in the Richmond area. You went to Wegmans? I went to Wegmans, man. I love that store, man. I can't afford anything in it, but I love walking in. <laughs> so um, I went to Wegmans and to commemorate Josh Allen's performance, because my homegirl I used to work with, Dina McCray, she's at uh, Maritime T- uh, Charter School in Buffalo. She texted me last week, and she was like, Big Chris, you want me to send you a box of Josh Allen's cereal, right? And I didn't really know anything about it, so she sent me a picture. She's like, yeah, you know, if you go to Wagner's, it's there. If not, I'll send you a box. And so I'm like, ah, don't worry about it. So then to commemorate the occasion, I drove to Wagner's. I got a box of the Josh Allen cereal. And if you go to my Twitter page, you can see it. Josh's Jags in uh, the Boom Boom Room, man, next to my... uh. Next to my Bills helmet and uh, the Labatt's beer in the commemorative Zumba uh, can. So give give us your Twitter handle so we can go look at it. At big underscore newt. Excellent. I'm at the Jamie D'Amico, and we have had some great interaction with some listeners lately. Great questions, comments, and I don't know about you, man, but I love it when people interact with us. I love it too, man. And I always hit people back. They comment. They saying they got to get with us and see us. And then I told you, man, I got some uh, bills to gear. I got some old jersey don't fit. I got, you know, footballs and stuff. I think we, when we get to a certain amount of Twitter uh, followers, I think I'm going to do a raffle or something, do a uh, contest and send some of this stuff out to our loyal listeners, man. That's a great idea. I don't have any bills gear which is something that's strange about me. I'd never wear team gear except for maybe baseball hats. But if I did, I would definitely give it away with you. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about it. I'm going to tell you. I don't know what it is. I've been watching the Twitter because every day I get new followers. Um, and so uh, we, we're going to do a contest. Maybe if I get maybe 100 more followers, uh, yeah, we'll raffle some stuff off, man. Pick, have Jalen. Uh, pick some random winners and then uh, send that stuff out to y'all. So let's get our Twitter uh, following up. Big underscore Newt. Big underscore Newt. Well, reach out to us. Holler at us, as Big Newt would say himself. Anyway, thank you so much for listening this week. This is Jamie D'Amico. He is Big Chris Newton. We are Jamie D and Big Newt. We will talk to you next week. Hey, yay!